Hey guys! What up, gang? <laughs> so today we had Tony Peck on our podcast from Why Not You Media. So it was a banger episode. We got to talk all things business, like getting into the business, how it developed. You know, he's pretty young, so I really admire his hustle and his dedication, his hard work. And he has two business partners as well. Um, but we also got to talk about pinky rings. Mm-hmm. Wearing a tracksuit, cigar lounge life. Yeah. So it's definitely a cool episode because you kind of get to take a look behind the scenes on what his day-to-day life is like and how he manages his time and how he incorporates some pleasure into business so that he can balance. And it's just, I thought it was a really fun episode. For those of you who don't know, so Tony Peck He's got like 189,000 followers, so I can't even believe that he actually messaged me back and wanted to be on this podcast. Like that, I think that just goes to show how humble of a person he is and how kind. And um, you guys will hear how he describes himself if he was to be set up on a blind date, which I think was pretty on brand. But he's known as the the godfather of social media. I mean, he is not fucking around. Let's just say that. Not at all. And it's, he really has a very put together like his, just his presence. He's got his shit together. Yeah. Really. He also um he writes for Forbes um and if in case you guys didn't know, you actually have to be like uh it's invitation only. So, he writes about, you know, media strategy and advertising and, you know, growing your business, brand consultation. So, he and his team um they do all that. So, you know, you can definitely check them out. We'll link all the stuff in the show notes, but the why not you media, but I mean, it was fun. We did obviously some rapid fire at the end. We talk about aggressive patience which i think i don't know if that's actually a complete sentence but it really just resonated <laughs> with my soul aggressive aggressive patience aggressive is, patience yes, i'm that's... just adding extra letters because why not i just because my blood too, sugar is low and i'm okay. hungry but honestly if anybody is looking to maybe venture out on their own project or start that idea that you've been thinking about he's somebody you want to follow because he's very motivating encouraging um, and he just really preaches the message, like, why not you? Like, why can't you? And also that fine line between actually like having a business with your friend and just relationships in general, like how we've talked about the rules of any relationship, whether it's romantic or business, like how that applies elsewhere. Yes. And also just like all the pinky rings that he wears. Like, honestly, I'm just like <laughs> swooning over his pinky ring. You like, guys are going to, we're going to have some good shots when we meet them. We're in going the to city. meet him in the city for sure. And, and Christy's going to come and mobbed up. Yeah. I'm going to be in my Carmela Canali mode and Christy is going to just be so Jersey. I can't, I'm excited already for you. I already have the outfit. I'm already like jealous of your outfit because yeah, I'm going to be such a basic bitch and you're going to look we'll so We'll get you amazing. dressed up too. Maybe okay. we'll get some thigh highs on this bitch. Ooh, Who knows? Ooh, yeah. So I think y'all are going to really like the episode. You are. I don't know why we're switching into country <laughs> accents, but it works with me. So. Even though it was an Italian. And I would like to also just um, put this out there for any of you who have not seen Goodfellas. Y'all should know by now it's my favorite movie. And every Italian-themed person we've had on this show has picked Goodfellas over any it's other. Our, it's our go-to. So if y'all aren't watching it and you can't quote it, then we can't be homies. And that's just the new rule I'm putting into my life. So add Goodfellas into your quarantine cycle of movies to watch. Yeah. Also, auditing your surroundings was something that I had written in my notes that I think is... um, Paying attention to who you're, you know, who you're hanging out with and who you're around and like who you surround yourself with is who you're going to become. So definitely this is a great podcast for someone who's looking to get out there, do their thing and need that little push. Vibing your tribe, as Christy M. Tate would say. I do say vibe your tribe, vibe your tribe, baby. And now Christy has some uh, garlic pizza in the oven awaiting us. So Mm. we're going to go hit that up. Yeah. And some salads. We have salads on the way. And some tequila. Balance, guys. Balance. Balance, bitches. All right. Enjoy the episode. Chao. Chao. Well, hi, gang. Welcome to the podcast. We have a very exciting guest on today. I originally, I think, started following Tony Peck on Instagram because of his sick pinky ring game. I mean, if you just go and watch. It's good. It's good. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a very strong affinity for all things pinky ring, track suits, all of the above. Well, our podcast is also slowly turning into just Italians and comedians and all those vibes. So you're you're really hitting the precipice for us because you're our first uh, first guest with the pinky rings. But so for those of you who don't know, um, Tony Peck, he's known as the godfather of Instagram. 
He is also an entrepreneur and the um, founder, co-founder of Why Not You Media. So he's got a lot going on. We're going to get into that. He's also recently launched a podcast with one of his friends as well, which is called um, the Why Not You Podcast, which talks about all things, you know, like branding and business, entrepreneurship. So welcome to the show. Yes. We're so awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Loving to be here. Loving to be here. So I listened to a little bit of your background, which I think is really interesting. um, You kind of took a little bit of a different approach to how you became to be such a social media name, household name. You said you originally went to school to be an engineer. Was that correct? Yeah, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, believe it or not. So I'm not just good looking. I'm also smart. I know a lot of people (laughs) mistake that, you know. (laughs) That's what we call a triple threat. There we go. Yep. Smart angle looking triple threat. That's, you know, what you're doing. (laughs) And And funny. And funny. That's the third leg of the triple threat. Yeah. There we go. I clarify that for both of you. (laughs) Math is not important. And, you know, just when you're- No, I agree. 100% I agree. I'm an engineer and I agree. (laughs) But I thought what was also very interesting is that you were talking about this on your first episode of your podcast that you were saying, like, you kind of, I guess, were questioning things and you were saying, like, you know, you really wanted to be around people who kind of, you know, inspired you and whatever else. So you started going to cigar lounges. Yeah, that's how I got started in all this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so the whole social media stuff happened really accidentally for me along with the, the whole cigar scene I guess you can say you know I grew up Italian grew up around the tracks and stuff like that but I ended up going to Manhattan College in New York and it was a close train ride into Manhattan so I had a lot of free time I didn't have class every day as an engineer I'd have class like two or three days a week just really long days and then two or three days I'd be off so I said let me make use of my time I want to start getting around people that I want to become like and I said, well, I can't really afford to go to a country club. It's too much. But I could afford to go have an 8 to $10 cigar and maybe mingle with some guys that have money and learn from them and see what uh, you know, that scene is like. So I started going on the train and going down to the city. And I would literally go midday on like a Tuesday afternoon, you know, noon, 1 o'clock. And I'd sit down with these guys and, you know, they're 40, 50, 60 years old. And I'm the only kid in there that's, you know, not even legally able to drink when I first started going to cigar lines. I was 20. So I wasn't even 21 at the time. And I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anything about cigars. And I'd just sit down. I'd start talking to the guys, asking about the cigars. I'd say, hey, I heard that was good. Got any recommendations for me? I'm new into the cigar world. You know, what do you guys recommend? And they would jump all over it. They'd give me as much advice as they could on cigars and ask me about, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a college student. Like, oh, you're my son's age. You're my daughter's age. And then uh, we started, you know, just getting closer. And through there, I really learned how to network. That's really where networking was like opened up to me as opposed to just networking with college kids and stuff. This gave me like a whole different depth of the type of people I could interact with, even though it's just a college kid. Mm -hmm. They gave me a level of respect and and treated me as like a mature adult, even though I was 20, couldn't even legally drink. And I started meeting a lot of cool people. Like I I met Rudy Giuliani, had a few cigars with him, um, friends with the owner of Bacardi, the Prince of Finland I met. So some crazy people I met in the city, just smoking cigars casually. And all from there, started networking and really being able to learn about how to build a business from these guys that have all these successful businesses. All these guys, you know, it's noon on an afternoon weekday. Totally. You're not working. Like, <laughs> you don't have a job. You're smoking a $50, $60 cigar. You have a company. Yeah. You have people working for you. So they were really able to teach me a lot of different things that, I, you know, would have taken me years to learn myself through trial and error. So they kind of put me through the gambit just by, you know, getting to talk and socialize with them, become friends with them. Yeah. I, Christy and I were joking. We were talking about this podcast episode beforehand. Like I've, uh, if whenever we go out, I'm always that person as well, who like, I'll find like the 70 year old in the room and mm-hmm. I go up and I, I travel a lot too. Like, I'll just always ask people questions about life and like Ooh. advice and all that kind of stuff. Cause you know, people usually have some good things to say and they like they sharing their story if asked yeah. about it. That's, That's the so thing. Funny. Yeah. A lot of these guys I met, they're cigar they were older. They are successful their kids don't listen to them that was uh-huh, the thing yeah. like, that's why i started learning and realizing from that like you know you my son's age my daughter's age but they don't listen to what i have to say they don't care because that's dad you know like they're not gonna you know why am i gonna listen down to me anyway he's always there for me me i came in i didn't know anything when my dad's a union guy and i would just sit there fat dumb and happy and listen as much as i could <laughs> smile and take as many notes as i could and they, and they loved it <laughs> i barely said anything they're like oh it was great talking to you i'm like i didn't do any talking yeah. so <laughs> that's what ended up happening it was good who and, do you think was one of the most influential people? Like, was there a person that you met there that tipped you off and you were like, wow, I got to do something bigger than what I'm planning on doing right now? Was there anyone like that stood out to you? Yeah, I, I don't know about an individual necessarily. I would say more about all of them together and uh-huh. then the ambiance. Like, I'm walking into these cigar lounges in New York City. These are some of the best cigar lounges in the country, if even the world. And I've been going there now. I remember for five years, we go. 
we're treated like little celebrities. We're the youngest yeah. people in there. You know, I'm the youngest member. And just like, just that whole atmosphere, I guess you can say the conglomerate of everything. That's where I learned I'm meant for more. Because when I started going to the Cigar Lounge, what I would do was I would invest in the membership. So whatever perks you get as a member, whether it's sitting in the VIP area, getting a discount on the cigar, the owner knows you, the manager knows you. So now I start building relationships with these types of people. And then the level of service I would be given, despite how young I was, I'm, I'm the same age as most people that work at the cigar lounges. Right. That's what it was when I was going there. So that was a difficult little friction in the beginning. But once, you know, I got there, I would spend on the memberships. All the other members would respect me. They're like, oh, he's young, but he's spending money. So he must have a business where he gets it at least, even if it's parents' yeah. money. They didn't know. They would talk to me about stuff like that. But I would say just the conglomerate of everything, that's really where I saw that there's more out there than what we realized, especially when we're young, because it's just there for the grabbing, but no one would think to go to a cigar lounge. That's yeah. what it came down to at the end of yeah. the day. And I think so many young people too, they think of that mindset, especially maybe if they're starting out, they'll say like, how much is this going to cost me as opposed to what can I get my investment, like my return mm -hmm. on my investment? And people just don't always have that long-term you know, mindset. Or again, they do that compare and contrasting thing of like, this person's already there and I'm here. So like, maybe I don't feel like I belong. And it's like, you got to just throw yourself in the fire sometimes and mm -hmm. be like, you're eventually, I think everything settles out and you'll find people you naturally vibe with and attract are attracted to and kind of just like have the same jargon. And you know, like mm -hmm. from there, it's just. Yeah, no, it definitely true. Definitely a lot of hurdles, especially as a college kid that people, especially, I never, I didn't really have cigars before then either. So it's not like I was going from cigars into the cigar lounges. I need nothing to begin with. Yeah. So a lot of the college, cause they were like, I don't, what the fuck am I going to go and you kind of curse on this? You guys. Okay, oh, right? pal, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> the titles and all that bullshit. Title. I say fuck like every five words. I'm like, sorry, but you know. Um, yeah, so you know, when you're young, you don't think to go to a cigar lounge. One, you think it's more expensive than it actually is. That's the yeah, first thing. Yeah. But two, they don't think they're going to get anything out of going there. Like you guys said, like, what's, what's in it for me? Why am I going to go? I just said, I just wanted to be around people that I want to become. Like. That was my only reason I, would, I started going. Right. I just knew there were rich guys that went to the cigar lounges. And I said, I want to be like them. They have their own businesses. They're doing their own thing. At least let me just sit in the same room as them and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's what ended up happening. I was the only person around my age that would ever come through those doors. So then everyone started really just noticing who I was. And plus I'm a you know, large Italian guy. And then I started wearing the tracksuits to the cigar lounges too. So I really <laughs> stood out like a sore thumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I would go to nice places. When did the pinky places. rings start though? What was the inception of the pinky rings? Was that the like a lifelong ring? thing? Yeah, I've been wearing rings for extremely long time. I stopped a little bit in college, to be honest with you. I just really kept the, the chain and the, the watch on. And then more towards senior year, I threw another ring on. I've always had a few rings. And now it's just become, you know, I wear four rings whenever I go out yeah. <laughs> now. And I got the custom, the, the one I you ring. I know, I love that. Talking about, yeah. I'm a ring. I wear a lot of rings too. I'm, I love rings, so. Pinky rings need to make a hard comeback after yeah. this quarantine. So if people can learn anything from this episode already, it's start smoking cigars and get a couple pinky rings. Level pinky rings. And it's going to level you up quite a bit. It is. <laughs> so when you, so you ended up graduating college with an engineering degree still. I did. Yep. You were going to cigar lounges. And then one day, was it like you and all of your homies who you're now close with too that started this Why Not You Media? Or like, how did that evolve? No. So what ended up happening was while I was in school, uh, like I said, I'd say about freshman year, I really had like an epiphany mm -hmm. where, you know, even in high school and grammar school, I've worked since I was like 12 years old in my grandfather's pizzeria always hustled, you know, uh, you know, did the football sheets, did that, did this, sold BB guns, I sold this, I sold that. So always doing something to make a buck just because I wasn't being, I wasn't giving money for my parents to go out, right? It was like, you get food, food, you get food, you get clothes, you get shelter, that's about it. Anything else you gotta make on your own. So when I was in college, freshman year, I was sitting down with some of my friends and we we're talking, we were just talking about how, like, how much Bill Gates or Warren Buffett made a minute. It was like some ridiculous number and this is like five, no, this is like eight years ago now. I was a freshman and I was like, shit, these are the regular guys though. Like, why can't a regular person be able to make that type of money? I got to figure something out while I'm in college to be able to start a business that when I graduate, I'll have something. And freshman year, I actually started my first uh, company. It was a lip balm company called Tony's Lip Care TLC. Oh. Uh, no longer around, but it was a good journey in college. I did it all through college. I learned a lot by having that business around for sure. And then upon graduation, I said to myself, listen, I have the engineering degree. Worst case, I'll get an engineering job. If nothing else works out, I have that as my backup. It's a good backup. Yeah. But I got to figure something out I can do on my own now. This is the time to take a risk. So when I graduated, I started trading uh, penny stocks. That was my day-to-day -day thing. I bought a few courses. I learned how to trade my own money. And it was going good. It was really stressful trading your own money every day, yeah. watching the dollars go up and down. Yeah. And I said, this isn't going to be a long-term fix for me. I got to figure something out in the meantime. And what I started doing was I said, you know what? Let me make an Instagram page called it Ace of Trading. 
just in case I want to sell like a trading course in the future and I'll market it through Instagram. I never had Instagram before. And this is right when I graduated college too. So now we're looking at, you know, May, 2016, June, July ish around there. Uh-huh. And it started growing. It took a life of its own. I, I was like, this is pretty fun. I, I can do another page. Then I did Ace of Cigars because I'm smoking cigars anyway. Then I did Ace of Cars. I like cars. And uh, four months went by, ended up having 13 accounts with over a quarter million followers on them. And I started getting overwhelmed. I was on 13 accounts, posting every day, answering DMs, doing this, That's doing a that. Lot. It, it's a job. You guys know how social media stuff is. Oh and back then, God. it was a lot with no reward. Like, no one even understood. Like, yeah. what are you doing on Instagram this long, all day long? They didn't understand. I didn't know what I was doing either, to be honest with you. I was like, this is cool. It's growing. So then I reached out to um, me and my, my, my current partner, now friend. We went to high school together. We went to Fordham Prep in the Bronx. And he saw my personal page. I, I actually tra- uh, changed Ace of Trading into the Tony Peck account, the Instagram page. Got and it. he saw, he was like, oh, you have like over 10,000 followers. Like he saw me at a bar one night. He's like, what, what are you even doing? I was like, oh, let's grab a cigar with bullshit and we'll go from there, you know, catch up. And we sat, we talked and he was like, oh, let's, let's do something. I was like, I need help. Like take half the account. So he took half the accounts. He started managing them. And then uh, kind of snowballed over the years until what well, Why Not You Media is now where we do content. We have a team of 15, you know, we, we do the Instagram, we do the content, we do the branding, we do the ads, we do press. So it, it's amazing to see the life that it took on on its own. And it's been amazing. We've been able to help people. You know, the whole company, Why Not You? It's to help people realize why can't they become who they want to be? You know, why can't you achieve what you want? Why not you? Totally. So it's a very mission-driven company that just specializes in doing marketing for clients. So, so what do you awesome. see as generally the people's one uh, or maybe a common theme of like a roadblock when people are like, well, I can't because I, I say this all the time, like change doesn't happen until you're tired of your own bullshit. Right. And like, mm-hmm. or something tragic happens in your life or whatever, or maybe a combination of both. And I feel like a lot of people sometimes like to just, you know, talk about shit and then they just keep having the same roadblocks that come up and you're just like, okay, well, you know, you're going to, what you allow is what will continue kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you see kind of like a common theme, especially now with, I think, this instant gratification world that we live in and, you know, people pretending to live a life and they're just like perpetrating a fraud kind of thing? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, depending on where people are on their journey is where you see the differences in their own roadblock. Like you can tell if you're this part of the journey, a lot of typical roadblocks are typically these, Mm -hmm. so on and so forth. But like you said, specifically with instant gratification, with social media and so many people see all these people with success and this and that, and they're just like, I'm not there yet. It's hard for you to be able to compare someone on their chapter 17 where you're on chapter three. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a difficult time doing it myself. And, you know, my partner can attest to that as well. Sometimes, like, you know, we talk about it. And it, it's a difficult thing to grasp. It's like, I want that. I'm doing this. Why don't I have it yet? But you don't realize he's been doing it for five years. Yeah. Or even if you do realize, it's hard to just internalize, like, hey, it's been five years. Like, if you do it for five years, you can have that in more. But you have to do it for five years. Right. So I think the time is one of the most common and largest hurdles for people to, to really grasp. But when they see someone else have what they want and then they're like, how do I do it? And they start doing it for a few months and they don't get it. And then they get discouraged and they fall off the path. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, having that macro goal, but really focusing on the micro goals to keep you pushing throughout to get to that macro goal long term. Yeah. You got to give time time is what yes. I always say to people. I like that. But patience is like, oh God, it's such a virtue. And I think- You need aggressive patience. You know, I'm yeah. big on patience. Like you have to know what's going to take you a really long time, but you have to be really aggressive in the today. So yeah. every day you have to work like the goal's going to happen tomorrow, but understand it's going to take you 10 years. Yeah. So okay. it's about being aggressive while you're having that patience. I'm writing that down because I would say that's how that basically- uh, describes my life. I yes. think I, I heard something once too, cause I'm like a very type a overachiever. And I think anybody who's successful, what they do, you have to have some level of delusional, you know, like hard work ethic, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But at some point you have to kind of rein it back. And I always say like, you can definitely be like a spaz about certain shit in your life and not be patient. Cause it makes you push forward. But like, I think also mm-hmm. as you start to acquire success and you maybe, I think that's part of the reason why we do what we do. So you can have freedom and all that. Like, mm-hmm. so how do you kind of find balance in your life of like, maybe pulling back from living on the gram all day long and you know, like what's kind of your anti-stress protocol. I'm such an extremist. And I, when you guys interview my partner, friend, he'll have a completely different answer than I do. <laughs> he's, he's a little bit different than me. That's why it works so well. It's great. You know, and we also have another, we have a third partner as well. So I think balance is super important. Um, but also under, I think awareness, it comes down to awareness hundred percent. Cause like for me, I, everything you, I live it every day. Like I enjoy work more than I enjoy anything else. I don't need that happy balance of like, I got to just, you know, de-stress, go out, do this, do that. Do I, For me, everything I do is around the business, but that's because I enjoy it so much. It, it's a different, it's hard to describe because not everyone's going to feel how I feel and they're going to want that time to de-stress. Mm-hmm. I've been able to work all my de-stressors into my business. Like for me, cigars Great. was like my downtime. 
right. I'll do a lot of cigar meetings. So now I'm intermixing yeah. my downtime with business. So I'm getting the mix of both, if that makes sense. So I never really yeah. have to turn it off, which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I would have to say with being so extroverted, extroverted and being out all the time in meeting, and I'm starting to feel during quarantine, how much I was doing with all the meetings and seeing so many people that that takes a toll on you day to day because it's hard yeah. to bring that same level of energy every day, all day to all these different meetings, all these different people start from the top, take it down to the bottom, go through your story, go through this, do that. Um, so that's the one thing just to keep grasp, to bring the same energy every time. That's a hard thing to do. But it's just about being cognitive of that. Hey, yeah. you got to keep that energy going because if you don't, it's going to drop down. Yeah. yeah. So I think it just comes down to awareness, knowing where you are, knowing what you have to do to not be stressed, you know, knowing what you have to do to keep you going. It, it, it's such an individualized type of thing. It's not just, you know, my answer is going to be what for other people. And my answer might be good for some people where they're like, I just want to work all the time too. Like yeah. for me, I'm less stressed when I'm working. Yeah. So when yeah. I'm not working, I'm like, shit, what else? What am I supposed yeah. to be doing? Like, I, I, I know too. I have to do so many things, you know, Fran, what are we doing? <laughs> so that, that's what ends up happening with me if I'm not doing that. So it, it's, a, it's a different mix for me. It's very unique. And I know that, but uh, I'm blessed to be able to find that, that mix where it's like, okay, I can do work all the time and, and enjoy it. Like yeah. my, my worst nightmare of a vacation is going and sitting on a beach for like seven days straight and doing nothing. I would like absolutely lose my shit. I would go crazy. Like not <laughs> I, just I like to relax a little bit more. I'm very bad uh, at relaxing. But like, I'm the same. I'm like, yeah, but I like doing shit. Like I would be, I'm a nutritionist. Like I would be reading research articles and like, yeah, I, that's I relaxing. Like that, you know, but it's still towards your, exactly. That's yeah. I mean. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Then I think I'm taking a break. I'm like 30 tabs down the rabbit yes. hole. And I'm like, I mean, well, I think anybody who's passionate about what they do, because I do the same thing. I do hair and makeup and I'm constantly, even though I'm laying down, I'm constantly mm -hmm. like looking up looks, watching mm -hmm. videos all the time. So I think if you love what you do, like, yeah. like we but said, I, you do it all, all day long. Are you an long. extroverted yeah. introvert? Or are you a full on extrovert extrovert? I was having a conversation with my sister a few days ago. And I think I'm like from quarantine i'm i think i'm learning i'm an extroverted introvert maybe potentially yeah. like i like the downtime the relaxing because i like like we're spending a lot of this time like the last month strategizing that, that was the main yeah. bulk of the month it wasn't sales it wasn't pushing it wasn't marketing i've been really quiet quiet on the gram just because of what's going on and it, it's been strategizing i've enjoyed that part but now i'm antsy like we're getting yeah. ready to hit me first ground running because it's like okay We've been introverted for a month, man. Never start getting back on the ball. We don't want to lose momentum or anything like that, you know? So yeah. Yeah. it's an interesting mix. It really is. It is. I think if you hang out with the wrong, I'm because I'm the same way too. I always thought I've come from like a loud Italian family too. And everyone just assumes that when you're loud like that all the time, that if you're acting any other way, people are like, what's wrong? And you're like, mm -hmm. nothing. It's just exhausting to be on all the time. Yes. And mm -hmm. I think when I'm around the right people, like that's what actually recharges me, even if I am being quiet and being an introvert. And, yeah. you know, like, so I always joke and say that I have like commitment anxiety because I'm like, yeah, well, I don't want to go tonight because I don't want to <laughs> be on when I'm like, when you have to be all, there's a lot of pressure sometimes, you know? Yes, 100%. But once you're there, you're on. And yeah. that, that's a good testament because to the you don't know what else to do. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Because we're used to being loud all the time. And it is, uh -huh. it is a lot of energy to be able to talk at Sunday dinner and get, get your opinion heard across the table without yelling. Yeah. From, from that. But when you're going to like all these meetings, all these events all the time, like you're on meeting six, seven, or the event of the night after doing six meetings and you're tired, once yeah. you get there, you just flip on. It's like a switch. Yeah. And then you're on. Even though you're exhausted, once you're around people that have good energy, it doesn't have to be high, just good energy. Yeah. then you're back on again. The, the yeah. hardest thing is when you're tired, it's been a long day and then you're walking into a meeting and the person you're meeting with, the people you're meeting with, they have low energy. Oh, you have yeah. to bring double now, right? And yeah. that makes it really difficult for you when you're exhausted, but that's just their baseline. That's what they regularly are. Yes. So it's getting their vibration higher to help your vibration go higher and make it easier for you too. So yeah. who, who vibrates your vibration? Like who elevates your vibration if you're having a low day, just yourself? Just know with people, just people, got it, got people, honestly, you know, not negative people, the people that I associate with or people that I do business with in some capacity, whether it's, you know, brainstorming, strategizing, strategic partners, clients, customer, whatever it is. So those types of people, they're all in the business world, they're all entrepreneurial. So it's been a good mix to be around those types of people. And I just really focus on auditing my surrounding where it's, I only want to hang out with people like that. So I don't fall separate that when I am with people, I am having low energy because of that. Oh, so wow. I'm never falling into that type of catalyst. Yeah. I like that. I think that's important. I think people should be taking this time, especially during quarantine, to be auditing a lot of the, I call them like pro-inflammatory people, thoughts, energies in your life that just are not getting you to where you want to be. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I think you've probably been auditing your surroundings since you, that's, you started at, in, in college. Yeah, it was in college for sure. Yeah. 100%. It was in high school. I didn't realize it, you know, going through the motions. I, I in college, freshman, sophomore year, I went out a lot. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of drinking. I was in much better shape in college. I was big in fitness. 
Um, but then junior year hit, and that's when I started going to the cigar lounge. But that's yeah. when I realized, like, I don't really like going to these clubs and these. I, I just don't enjoy it. I, I personally knew I didn't enjoy it. I did a freshman year, I did a sophomore year, and I said that's cool and all, but it's not. It's not my scene. And I didn't realize that till then. And then I started going to the cigar lounge. Like, this is more my my speed. And I started doing that. That replaced my weekends going out. I'd just go to the city and go to the cigar lounge and stay there late. And I would just sit there. And, and I learned in college how to be alone. I think yeah. it's difficult for people, you know, college students to spend time alone. I had a difficult time with that when I was a freshman. So I would never eat by myself in the, in the, the commons. Like, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the go eat. But then when I was junior and senior year, I started going to the city by myself. Yeah, learn how to be, sit there by yourself and keep yourself entertained. And at the time, I wasn't on social media. I wasn't on Instagram. I was in school still. And it wasn't as popular of a thing. So I would just figure out how to keep busy by talking to people that I didn't know. And that's a huge mm-hmm. asset that I think more, more people in our generation are really starting to lose touch with because we don't, you don't even have to do that. Like right now with social media, everyone's in quarantine. You can still stay connected and not yeah. see anyone or talk to random people. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, I think, a skill. And it's something to be practiced, you know, weekly at the minimum mm-hmm. and something you have to put time and effort into. It, it definitely takes time and effort. Communication yeah. is such a lost art. Like people don't even write letters anymore or get on the phone. And I feel like that has like made the bar so low for other areas of, you know, oh, yes. like life. And I think mm-hmm. that that's been problematic for people. And, but at the same time, people are craving connection so much is why we're on 70 different social media platforms. But it's like, people are doing that thing. You go out in public and try and talk to someone and your face is in your phone, then you're never going to have a conversation, you know? So it's like a really fine line. Yeah. It's an opportunity. That's how I see it. Because that just means less people are communicating the way that we know people feel special when you communicate with them. So that gives us an opportunity to be able to take hold in that lane. Like when I grew up, I worked at my grandfather's pizza when I was a kid and I worked there all through high school, a little bit in college and he's retired now. He closed it down. But being there, that's when I learned, like you have to learn how to communicate with people in any type of business. It's all about customer relations, just about relationships. Like he had people coming 30, 40, 50 minutes away just to come to get pizza because they liked him. Not even because they liked the pizza, more because they wanted to just talk to him for a little bit. And that's where I started learning how to communicate. And then as you get older, you start to see people our age, they don't have that because they've been on the phone so much and haven't had that extra exposure of, you know, working a job like that or just spending time out by yourself, you know, with no one, you know, and trying to make friends with people you don't even know. Like that's difficult stuff. You know, a lot of college people, whether you're a guy or a girl, the most experience you have with that is trying to talk to a random guy or random girl at the bar. That's like they're usually like blacked out. out or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the extent of talking to a stranger. Yeah, so it doesn't really put you great in the business world when you yeah. know you come out of college. You're like, okay, now what do I do? It's like, well, you got to learn how to really communicate. And, and keeping only- relationships is a time-consuming thing for sure. Totally. Oh yeah. And that's what we talked about when we kind of start, started this whole podcast, when we said like what we're talking about, like relationships, people always just associate it with romantic, but the same principles that apply in a business relationship, mm-hmm. a friendship, romantic, it's like the same sort of principles of what a relationship means and yeah. like what you're going to allow and both people having to give effort and, you know, like mutual respect. And I think that that sometimes is hard and understanding like maybe someone's really good at a one relationship in their life and they're not at another because that comes back to, I think, boundary, self-worth, all that stuff that just permeates everywhere else. hundred percent of relationships, a relationship, no matter if it's romantic, yeah. business, friend, whatever it is, it's a relationship. And no matter what type it is, it requires work on both ends. And it requires just longevity. It's time. You know, the, yeah. the strongest relationships are ones that last the longest, but for them to last the longest takes a lot of work in the, in the middle. You know, it really does. But, the, but, you know, we have an opportunity on social media that even if you're not as active with seeing a person as once we used to be, to like be in a, whether it's business, friendship, romantic relationship, whatever it is, you could get to see someone often enough on social media where you may feel like you've seen them more than you actually have seen them. And I've gotten that a lot. You know, I post on my stories when we weren't in quarantine every day. And, you know, I show all the day, everything that we do in the day, I show my story. And then I won't see someone for like a month, month and a half, but they'll feel like they've seen me that because they've seen my story every single day. It's like, what, what, I've seen you two, three weeks ago. I'm like, you haven't seen me in like six weeks. You don't feel like that. Right. So it's almost like a passive way to show what you're doing. And they feel like they're there with you because then you'll see them, you know, in a month or a month and a half. And then you'll talk about what they saw. Like, Oh, I saw you doing this. And it just gets brought up and that's how the conversation starts right there. So it's interesting with social media, how to stay in touch with people without actually having to stay in touch with people. And then also doubling it away where you do that. And those that you stay in touch with, they feel extra special. So it it definitely has a a feeling of making people feel special is great in relationships, no matter how you're looking at it. 
That mm-hmm. is true. I feel like it's so funny you said that, like when people actually keep in touch outside of social media, you do almost feel like an extra thing because you're like, yeah, no, I know what you're doing. And I think people, it's easy as well to act like you're a very public person. Like I'm super private, but people probably think they know a lot about my life because I'm the same. I share a lot of stuff on my social media, but it's like, I'm choosing what I'm allowing you to see, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like the people I think who really know that extra layer, you feel a little extra something special 100 percent. people know behind the scenes they feel so much more special it's like I know, I know behind the scenes like what he does you know like it's yeah it's just a different depth and it's, it's like i said it's that much easier to have relationship with people because of that and people won't even they won't even think that they're just like oh i'm not gonna really use social media but if you're using it and you're using it for that you can build like i, I built a lot of amazing relationships over instagram you know yeah. Yeah. By sending out messages yeah. and just continuing conversation and then maybe meeting in person being on a phone if they're not local I have some friendships over the country that I've never met these people. Right. You know, but it's all from social media and just keeping in touch, staying and seeing how they're doing, you know, doing right by see checking in on them. They see your stuff, they comment, you answer them back, stuff like little stuff like that. You can keep a friendship going for much longer now, I think, at an easier commitment than you could back yeah. in the day with more people, which I think is a huge opportunity. It is, yeah. And definitely a great way to like cross pollinate and work into different, you know groups of friends that maybe you wouldn't go up to if you saw mm-hmm. them out or something like 100%. that. 100%. I think, yeah, no, I think you're right with that. 100%. That's spot on. Yeah. Do you, so I know in your first episode of your podcast, you guys were kind of talking about that whole idea of like, you know, working with your friends and building relationships and all that kind of stuff. So you and Fran, is he like your homie for life bestie? Like, or how uh, now? Know? Yes. Before no. So there's, <laughs> there's me and two other partners. So you got me, okay. you got Fran and you got Mike. So okay. Mike, he's bestie. We grew up around the block from each other. We've been going to grammar school together. Okay. High school. We didn't go to the same high school, but he was close. So we were best friends in high school. And then we went to college together, uh-huh. dorm together, both became mechanical engineers and had every class together. So we have long history, obviously. So, so that's cute. a little bromance. Yeah, that's a little bro. So that's business partner <laughs> with someone you've been best friends with. And then Fran, I went to high school with Fran. So me and Fran's friendship started in high school where we were both in the gym all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Outside of that, that was our whole friendship. Like we didn't go out together. We didn't have classes together. We didn't really see each other. Once in a while, maybe, you know, in the cafeteria, we would stay alone. We see each other. Don't get me wrong. But we talk in the gym. That'd be like our time, right? Right. And then college passed. We didn't communicate like at all. And then, like I said, when I was on Instagram, that he saw me, he was yeah. home when we graduated. It was like uh, Thanksgiving Eve. We all go out over here in Westchester. And uh, he saw me out and we started talking. I was like, let's grab a cigar one day, like during the weekend. We grabbed this cigar and now here we are. Now he's, you know, now one of my besties for life for sure. But yeah, it's interesting to see that you could grow a successful business with someone that you were best friends with or are best friends with and someone that you just friendly with in the beginning. Yeah. Because I think there's so many different opinions. Like, don't go into business with someone you know really well. Don't there is a lot. It's a, fine, well. it's a really fine line. And I know you guys were saying on your first episode, like you guys are different in a lot of ways, but oh, yeah. similar as well. But I mean, that's how Christy and I are, are, are as well. Yes. Like we could not be more opposite. Very opposite. But you I can see she's she's been the one question. Like she's very inquisitive mm-hmm. and I like to listen and then comment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are literally complete opposites. That's not what I mean, day. <laughs> so what's one of what's one of um fran and mike's strengths that you feel you admire that maybe you don't have so i'm definitely the loudest and most trusting one Ooh. which has hurt me a few times I, listen I, I think there's a trade-off i think it's a good topic to even get bring into um, i'm definitely the most trusting of the three for sure without a doubt hands down they'll tell you every day i trust everyone until you give me That's a reason not I to am. trust you and you listen, I think it's a great way to be. I really do. I will stand by that till the day I die. And I've been burned several times for money, relationships, like several things. Yeah. But so few times have I been burned out of the total sum that the total sum, the ones I haven't been burned, I've been able to build deeper relationships with. Yeah. Because from when I first meet them, I'm super, I'm telling you everything I'm trusting in my life. And right off the bat, you're going to feel closer to me just because of that as opposed to if I was a little more guarded, every relationship would be a little bit less deeper off the bat. But by being so trusting, you get hurt once in a while. So Fran and Mike, they're uh, more so my shield, I guess you can say. They're, they're, you know, Fran doesn't trust anyone until you give him a reason to trust him, which is not different than me. It really well, because then we'll come at a meeting and I'm like, oh, I fucking love this guy. And Fran's like, no, we keep, he's he's a scumbag. Like, what what do you mean? What's he like? What do you mean? He's fantastic, you know? So like the balance and act with the trust is I think a major thing. And I, if I was alone, I think I'd be burned more times than we've been burned as a company for sure, without a doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, Because I've been burned more than Fran and Mike have been combined individually, personally. So (laughs) it's it's just a testament to the show. Um, 
So that's one big quality that really helps. And, and Fran and Mike are both similar in the, the least of trusting. But outside of that, where they both have two different qualities too, Michael's really introverted. Michael doesn't come out. Michael doesn't want his face seen, shown. A lot of people don't even know we have a third partner. He doesn't go to meetings. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Love it. So he's really behind the scenes. Yeah. Once he, but he works so well with our personalities that it's like, why is he so, you wouldn't know he's, he, people know he's so different. Yeah. But they also so similar at the same time. So it, it, that's a unique mix. And then Fran, Fran's creative and I'm more businessy. Like that's our big underlying mix together that works really well. Like he handles all the content. He's good. All the ideas. I'm not creative. I'm just not. Never been, never will be. That's not my thing. I don't really enjoy it. Fran enjoys it. Fran's fantastic at it. I'm just a business guy. Like I enjoy business. I enjoy the meetings. I enjoy the sales talk. Like if Fran was on content shoots all day long, perfect. He would love that. If I was yeah. in meetings all day long, perfect. I would love that. Like, <laughs> but right now we're still in the early stages of the business where we're both doing a mix of both. And, you know, we've talked about it several times. You don't, you don't realize it because you don't really see, like we've seen Gary Vee, Grant Carter, yeah, all yeah. these big names, all individuals. You don't see a Tony and Fran. You don't really see a partner duo that's both in the limelight showing everything. Like Gary Vee is a brother. Right. Not everyone knows that. And he's not that known. He's really not yeah. here, Gary level known wise, right? Yeah. And Fran, we're going to the meetings together. So sometimes we're pitching to one person and that's a lot to handle two personalities to pitch one person without me and him, me and Fran going over each other's toes. Like, don't say that. Why would you say mm -hmm. this? And when to know to talk without interjecting on each other. Yeah. So from when we first started to now, we're so, we're extremely smooth in our meetings together. We know when the other one finishes a thought and when the other one needs help or if he needs like, you know, tag me out. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I'll jump in. In the beginning, it wasn't like that. It, it really wasn't. And it's just a testament to show that, you could build relationships effectively long-term that way in the business sense where you're going to and not like colliding. It's more of a cohesive thing to give to one person, but even though there's two people involved mm -hmm. and, and it's been cool to see. And I think it's going to be something to see in the next decade, what we're able to do together as a duo for sure. So I just don't think there's anything like this around where it's two people, completely different, you know, personalities, attitudes, style, you know, just down to fucking clothes and like the cars and the shit we like, like I like flashy stuff. He doesn't, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So it, it's an interesting mix for sure. It really is. And people love to see it. I love to see it. I love to see how it's going to grow. And yeah. it's just exciting. The yin and yang. I remember I was, on a, I was on a trip one time and I was with this guy. He's been married. He's a Jersey guy. He lives in Florida now. And he's been married for a really long time. So whenever I meet married couples, I'm always like, what's the key to a successful relationship? And on an airplane. I, literally, that's like, always my first question. I'm like, how, what's, whatever. If we're waiting to get a table. <laughs> I'm like, how long have you been married? <laughs> and I'm always in the background with my martini like, but so, the, so he's, he's very, and I think you probably can resonate with it. If you're a very loud personality, like sometimes, you know, I always joke with my mom. I'm like, I don't know if I would want to actually like date someone like myself or if I need someone more mellow or whatever. But he said, he was like, listen, he's like, my wife and I have been married for 30 years because she understands that you can't always be Batman. Sometimes mm. someone else needs to be the Robin. And I think a great partnership knows when each other has to be more of the Batman role and when someone has to be the yes. Robin role. Really, lack of jealousy. That's the yeah. word you're looking for in the yeah. business relationship. And me and yeah. Fran have talked about this several times. Like I, I'm, I've been the face. I was the face. I'm going to be the face. Fran's becoming more into the spotlight. Will Fran stay in the spotlight as we're really big? I don't know. If he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to. Right. That's the joy of it, right? Like he, his thing is the content. Yeah. But right now, as we're building the business, he needs to be more in the spotlight to get more business, obviously. And he's done a fantastic job doing so because that wasn't his cup of tea from the start. Right. So he's been able to learn to adjust too. But he also has never been jealous about, you know, me being in the limelight or me meeting more people, people noticing me and stuff like that. He doesn't care. Yeah. It's the bit. It's why not you? You know, we're not wearing Tony Peck and Fran Volpe t-shirts. We're wearing, you know, why not you gear? Yeah. And it's that that's just understanding what we had as a vision. And, and that's why I think our partnership works so well because we started the business off of being mission-based, but we just wanted to help people. We yeah. didn't start this as a marketing company. Yeah. This turned into a marketing company accidentally, but we were going to be an event company where we just did events that were about mindset and positivity. We keep it cheap. There's no pitching from the stage like all these other events and you come in and you learn, why not you? Why can't you be who you want to be? Why can't you become, you know, who you want to become? Why not you? And because we're so mission-centric on why we want to build the company as a company and a brand, we don't care about who's bigger, what's this, what doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we're going to be smaller than the brand when we die. That's the goal. Yeah. Like right now, it's, it's a now thing. Yeah, I might be a little more known, but long term, it's going to be why not use no. Not Tony, not Fred, not Mike. No, people may not even know us, and that's fine. We don't care. We just want, we want this logo to be known. That's what it's about for us. You yeah. know, and, and our goal is like to be like a Forbes, like as well known as a Forbes, where it's like you don't know, I don't even know who owns Forbes, to be honest with you. I just know Forbes, right? So yeah. if we can be able to build that brand while building our personal, you know, brands as well more power to us you know that's more brand recognition for everything as a whole 
but to have that lack of jealousy in a business partner is so crucial. And, and honestly, I, I gotta give Fran a pat on the back. It's so fucking hard to find. Like, I think you can put a good act in the beginning, but on the long term side of not being jealous for so long and not really caring because you really care about the business, mm-hmm. that's not an easy thing to find. And I think a lot of people can, can lie and say that, yeah, I'd be fine. I wouldn't care. But then once you live in an experience, it's a different, it's a different animal. Yeah, it really is. Like I did, it just, it's a different thing. It really is. And he does a fantastic job with it. And he's done a fantastic job growing his personal brand alongside mine too. Teamwork so, makes the dream work. As It really does. There's nothing yeah, without a team. Nothing is without a team, without a doubt. True. You're very fortunate that you guys all have each other. We are extremely blessed. None of us would be where we are now without, you know, all of us together. Which yeah. is good that you all recognize that too. You know, humility goes hand in hand with lack of yeah. jealousy. We all have our strengths. You know, you know yeah. what the best thing is? A lot of people that don't want partners, because they're like, I don't want to give away money. Like if we're making all this money and I got to give 25, you're going to make more money by just giving away equity because you have so many more people working to the mm-hmm. company. I don't have to work on anything I'm not good at. That, yep. that's, the, that's the best, that's been the best thing in my business is that I haven't had to do anything that, I don't, that I'm not good at. Yeah. You know, I've dabbled yeah. in other stuff just so we have a basis of it. But if, you know, Michael's not good at, so Michael doesn't sell. Michael does all the tech, but me and Frank don't do any tech because we suck at it. You know, like to not have to worry about that type of stuff. Yeah, like payroll. Me and Fran, Michael worries about the payroll. Thank yeah. God. Like me and Fran have to worry about payroll and do the meetings and do this. And, like it's too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's just being able to have a team where they can take away the burden of having to focus on your weaknesses. Because usually if you're a business owner, it's just you. You have to make your weaknesses stronger. Otherwise, you're not going to push ahead. You can't just focus on what you're good at if it's just yeah. you. But if you have a team, you could focus on what you're good at and dabble in a little other things here and there as you need, as they need help. But they're the expert. They're the professional. Let them deal with it. You're taking the backseat whenever that you come into that dojo, you know? Yeah. And if everyone's doing what they enjoy to do, they're going to perform at a much higher level. So much better. Nothing worse than going to work and hating what you fucking do every day. So if everyone's doing their thing, everyone's going to be elevated at a good level. It's true. That's a fantastic point. You know, when everyone's doing what they want to do, they're going to be better at it for sure. A hundred percent. And not being micromanaged. I think you see this more in the corporate world kind of, you know, where people feel like they don't want a certain kind of manager or whatever else. And it's like, the idea should be you hire people who are the best at what they do and let them fucking do that. Yes. And then you let them have, you know, open reign. And then, you know, you figure out where your boundaries are in between there. But I think that almost kind of goes back to what you were saying about like being open and vulnerable and trusting people. We live now in this also society of where people just put on a facade all the time of pretending to be like, I'm always have my shit together and I'm always great. And it's like, yeah, but you also never bond on a deeper level. If you're not like, Hey, this shit is, is hard. And I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm having a real hard day today. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's actually where connections are formed so like that we always joke because like i'll call christy after a first date and i'll be like dude i asked all these questions and like get into because that's like how you actually bond with people and not yeah. just like what's your favorite color like I don't give a shit like yeah. she's like 25 <laughs> yeah. questions people like in the food store it's funny but, but that's how questions. i mean i ask questions too generally people approach me more like in food store lines like i i was a social worker at one point in my life so i get a lot of that I get people's stories without even asking, but this one, I mean, she asks good questions. Sometimes people look at her, they're like, uh, I think people are interesting and people are given the chance like to share their story. You know, she does. Most people don't get that opportunity. Who, how, how many people ask people for their, you know, their story or what are their goals or their dreams? Not a lot. And if you don't ask, you'll never know. You'll never know. And, And you know, sometimes just asking makes people feel special. Like, Oh shit. Someone actually cares to hear about that. Yeah. It's so true. I feel like especially older people, like, first of all, y'all have been through some shit. So I'm yeah. sure you would like to bestow yes. some wisdom on people. Like, what's the point of going through lessons in life and heartache and hard times if you can't be like, yo, this is what you should have done and you should yeah. listen to this shit. Yeah. That's why the cigar lounge was fantastic for me. All those guys were like that. I'm yeah, about to join a cigar lounge. I know. That's like, like, right like, up my house. I've been telling everyone for five years. Everyone I know, guys, girls, doesn't matter. Go to cigar lounge. You want to never go to meet people. You want to meet like guys. I just love, love the whole vibe, though. Like you were talking about, like the vibe and the aura, and like yeah. I totally get that. It's just like big leather furniture and just yeah. dark and like oh, it's an experience. It. It's an experience. Like listen, put call it how you. It's an experience. That's how I define it. Yeah. And I, like I said, I've done. When I got into the cigars, that was, I, I needed a hobby. That's how the cigar thing really came to light too. It was kind of like, well, I don't really have any hobbies when I was in college. I, 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 I like business. I wanted to make money. I went to the gym and I did school. And I like girls. I was like four things. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need a trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I eat. I eat a lot. I'm a town, you know? So <laughs> I was like, I need a hobby. So like cigars are good. And I can meet who I want to be around and become like, and I'll pick up that as a hobby. I think it's cool. You, know, you can get cutters and lighters and you go to different lounges and shit. But when I started going there, 
that's when you start to see like it, it's it's a different place to be you're not just going to like a regular lounge like a cigar lounge is a different animal and i started doing as many meetings as i could in the cigar lounge because i became a member i was like fuck it, let me i didn't have an office at the time yeah. i just met the cigar lounge so <laughs> now we're at the point of the business that we do so many meetings so often i pretty much only do meetings at one of my cigar lounges or we'll go to like a client's office sometimes we'll bring people to our office but at the same time, it's like, let's just go to a cigar lounge and have a cigar because that's where you can really get to know someone having a cigar with someone, you know, it's going to take you 45 yeah. minutes to an hour, hundred percent, like, especially if you don't really smoke a lot. So you're guaranteed to keep them there for at least, you know, 30 minutes plus you really get to find out stuff about someone, you know, they're relaxed now, they're mellow, their guards down, they're going to be more trusted, they're going to tell you more stuff and you're going to really be able to get into, you know, who they are as an individual and that's how you build a relationship with the bat. So all our meetings, a lot of our meetings we do, we only do like Know, maybe four to eight in a day just because they'll take us sometimes one two three hour meetings right, because we're right. really learning about someone but then we may not have to see them for one two months because we spend so much time with them there that we built such a strong relationship off mm-hmm. that you don't have to stay in touch every other day yeah. yeah a lot of people they're like let's do a meeting you know 15 30 minutes and they do the meeting but there's no relationship built and then you have to constantly stay in touch to stay on top of their mind but if you did right by them the first time had a good meeting got to learn about them they got to learn about you you guys, you guys have a relationship going. That's, that's the start of it. And cigar lounge is the best way to do it. And I, I definitely urge you two to definitely go to lounge. So when quarantine's yeah. over, we're coming to the Bronx and you're going to show us the best cigar we'll lounge. In the city. I'll meet you guys in the city. We'll go for a cigar lounge. We'll roll right up. Yeah, she lives in Sayreville, so she's closer yes. than I am. So. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and we'll meet you in the city. Have you thought about opening your own cigar lounge? and like? Term, I will, office? yeah. Yeah, 100%. When I'm older, definitely will. Maybe with, you know, Fran and Mike, if they were on board with it too. We do, we do a lot of other business ventures together as well. So there was a first to mind with that because I can trust them. Yeah. And um, that's definitely a passion play. And yeah. it's not something on the, on the forefront because I know passion doesn't always make good with business. And it may be a business where it's like I have enough money that if, I, if the cigar lounge that I start takes a loss, I don't really care. Because right. I'm just owning it to have it to go to my own lounge. Because yeah. I'm going to all these other fucking lounges. I'm giving them so much. You know, yeah. I've sent these cigar lounges so much business from a 20 to 25-year-old standpoint. Yeah that they, they love me. You know, I've been going there since I was a kid. We used to go to the lounge in the city. I'd bring people there like around my age and we would go and we'd get bottle service at the cigar lounge. Instead, I'd be like, listen, forget about the club. Let's go to the cigar lounge. We get a bottle there. You know, we'll hang out. We'll have a good time with the guys. And they're like, ah, fuck it. We'll try it. We get a bottle. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would bring a lot of business to the lounges and you know, we go to meetings in the cigar lounges at least two, three days a week, I would say, you know, and we only go to like the same two, three lounges unless we're somewhere different. We just send the same business. I know the owners, I'm a member at the places so they treat us right. And, and plus, like I said, th- that's big when you do these meetings at the cigar lounges, the experience you give mm. the person that's coming. Because now people request when they're going to have a meeting with me, like, okay, oh, we go to cigar lounge. Even if it's a female that's never had a cigar before. I was saying, I've yeah. never had a cigar. Really? I've never yeah. had a cigar. Yeah. No. Well, not everyone has. Yeah, not everyone has. And like, I, I'm going to go to, let's go to cigar lounge for our meeting. I'm like, yeah, obviously, that's, that's what I wanted to do, you know? And they're like, oh, I'll try a cigar. They just, I just want to be there. I don't even want to smoke. Yeah. And sometimes they won't even smoke. They'll just sit there. But they'll get to meet, you know, the staff that's working. I'll say hi to everyone. I'll introduce them. And you feel like a little celebrity almost when we go, especially the one in the city where we're sitting in the back. There's like a back VIP room Ooh. and it's like a, a velvet rope and stuff. And I'm we're totally into all that. Christy's going to go so yeah. Jersey on you when this happens. She's going to have the fucking big ass hoops. It's going to be a fur. Like, <laughs> it's like a Jersey. That's like group. There you go. Yeah. She usually like has like, like these seven yep, there you go. claws the floor, on her the floor heel. jumpsuits like me. Yep. Floor jumpsuits is fucking a Fucking fur. Well, before we tell everybody um, where they can find you and all that kind of stuff and work with you and all that, we figured we would do a fun little rapid fire section if you're sure, down. Let's try it out. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay. Pinky ring or gold chain? Pinky ring. Okay. How many pinky rings is too many pinky rings? No more than 10. 10. Oh, okay. There has to be an upper limit. I don't know if I would ever put them on the thumbs, though. I don't know. Do you have a pinky ring guy like that we would be able to, like, if people are listening, you got a guy? A pinky ring guy? Or a guy? I recommend Pappas Gold City Jewelers on Central Avenue in Yonkers. Write that down. down. I need to get my dad in there. Custom work, and they they have a lot of stuff in house already. They're fucking huge. Perfect. Really good guy, Italian guy, grew up. Okay. They they take care of us. He's one of the good fellas. Got it. There you go. Okay. Um, morning or night person? I'm a mix of both. It depends on my mood. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I can wake up early. Sometimes I can, you know, I'd rather just stay up late. Depends. Okay. Mm-hmm. Espresso or cappuccino? Espresso. Sauce or gravy? Sauce. Ooh. Well, I think we know this one. Tracksuit or business suit? Tracksuit. 
But you have some good swagger. I mean, you oh, like yeah. are a dapper dresser from the gram. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, your Instagram, you definitely are. You've gained the name, the Godfather. Like you earned it. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank I you. was scrolling through there, and I was like, "Damn, some of these Christy photos." Like, I like his vibe. We yeah, were like, I think he's got a good vibe. I'm into this. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is an off off the cuff question. Then, Godfather or Goodfellas? <sighs> Goodfellas. Yes, everybody yes, loves yes, Goodfellas. Love Goodfellas. Because it's the best movie. Oh, listen, I know. Oh my god. I got this other painting here. You guys would like this. I'm oh yeah. This. They would like this one. So it's like Hell all yeah. the yeah. guys from the whole movie. Tony Soprano. That's Every amazing. That's my dream dinner guest. Yeah, me too. <laughs> there we go. We need we need that picture. We do need that picture. That will go right above my Sunday dinner table. Okay. <laughs> um, if you could use if you could only use one social media platform for the rest Instagram. of your life, which Instagram. one are you picking? Instagram. Instagram. 100%. Okay, the gram. I Never forget our beginnings. I think they're gonna keep evolving. I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. I think people that think they are are just ignorant, I think. They got so much money. They have so much power. They're not, they're going to keep it. And they have the best of everything. They do. Everyone's there already. Yeah. Like once you have people's attention, all you have to do is just pivot to keep it there. If anything goes sour or anyone else goes to another app, I think they do a really good job in maneuvering in that sense. So I think they're not going anywhere for a very long time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the last spontaneous thing you did? <sighs> last spontaneous? I don't even fucking remember quarantine. got me all fucked up. I was saying, pre-quarantine, like, it's hard to think of what, like, I don't know, maybe mm -hmm. you just, like, woke up one day and you're like, I'm not going to have pizza today. I'm going to have a fucking what's, well, Or croissant. what's the first thing that you want to do when you get out of quarantine? If you can't think of the last spontaneous thing you did. Cigars. Cigar meetings. Definitely yeah. cigar meetings. <laughs> Itching for meetings. Missing people already. <laughs> okay, I need a good martini. Somebody else make Yeah, can you me. find a cigar martini lounge oh. just to, like, you know. A cigar martini lounge? You can get yeah. martinis at the cigar lounge. Oh, you can? Oh, I didn't yeah. know they have, like, oh, alcohol. The one in the city, yeah. yeah. So the one in the city, you'll like this, and if you like martinis, they're, um, it's called Lexington Barn Books. Okay, they're sure. really old school. It's like you said, like the old leather couch and stuff. They have oh. an interesting um, wallpaper. It's like monkeys and books uh -huh. and they have, like, over there. But they're very James Bond themish. They only played James Bond on the TV. So they're really well known for their martinis and stuff. So you'll like it. Oh, what is, what's your go-to drink at the cigar lounge? I'm a Johnny Walker guy. Okay. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. I can never yeah. get the difference between scotch and whiskey. That's for, we'll talk about that at the it, Yeah, I, listen, I'll be honest with you. I enjoy scotch, but I taste the difference. I'm definitely scotch over whiskey, but I can see where you get confused with, you know. Yeah, just do it on the rocks. It all burns when it goes yeah. down my burn, Yeah, exactly. The more you taste, then you start to get a different palate for it. Until exactly. I black out, and then I'm like, whatever, it's all <laughs> I can't do sharks, though. I'm okay. A um, pocket square or watch? Watch. Okay. I think we might know the answer to this one, but cigar I'm or a scotch? Both. Yeah, you need them okay. at the same, same time. time. Great same, time. same time. Same time. Same time. Um, we she really needs to come to we're we're gonna do this for sure. Jets or Giants. I'm not really a big sport guy. Okay. Um then this is a good one. If you were set up on a blind date and somebody had to describe you in three adjectives, what would they say? Loud, large. Okay. <laughs> Good looking. <laughs> they'd, be like, they'd be like, hey, I'm going to set you up with Tony. He is loud, large, good and good looking. looking. That's it. There you go. <laughs> good I luck. think that should be your dating profile bio. Friends bio. That's a great <laughs> intro. Um, I get it. Okay. This is a good one. Uh, it's Sunday dinner. Okay. What song are you cooking to in your dream of Sunday dinner? Bocelli. Love Bocelli. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Did you Love watch Bocelli. his thing on Easter? His live performance? I did not. Did not. What? Oh, you got to go back and watch it. It was a good go one. Watch it. Italian Bangers is like my personal brand, so I'm all about that. Okay, there you uh, go. I'll send you some good songs that you'll like. send them my way. They'll really amp you up. Okay, what's a guilty pleasure of yours that you don't feel guilty about besides cigars? What's a guilty pleasure? Uh, yeah. I don't consider it a guilty pleasure. I know many other people will. Uh, Nutella. Nutella is my guiltiest of all pleasures. I know I, a lot of people be like, I, I eat it out of the jar. So uh -huh. I am very unique. I don't put on bread. I, I heat it up. I take a spoon, get a glass of milk, and I eat it out of the jar. Yeah. So Have you not it. combined Nutella and peanut butter together, like on like a little? Why, why would you make Nutella? Oh, you know what I think is yeah, great. It's so much better just as it is. I don't even Nutella it. and fluff. Are... I'm not a fluff fan. I love fluff. I like marshmallows. All right. So you're just a straight Nutella guy. Straight Nutella guy. All right. All right. Good to know. What's your favorite favorite non physical feature about yourself? non-physical feature uh probably definitely a few i would probably have to say my drive okay i would think my drive yeah 
Did Probably you get that just from the way you, like you said, growing up, like having shoveling snow and your lemonade stand and all that stuff from young Tony days? Pretty much. And I think it was a major push because I saw my grandfather work his entire, like he's an immigrant from Italy. And I saw him, you know, build a pizzeria business. You no, know, it wasn't an empire or anything like that, but it was his own business that he came from, you know, Italy with nothing and built that with his own hand. So I, I saw hard, he retired when he was 88 years old. Like that's fucking insanity. Yeah. Uh, my father, he worked when I was young. You know, he would leave the house before the sun was up and get home when the sun was down. So I didn't see him as much as I would have liked because he was working. Sometimes he was working two jobs. Sometimes he even had three jobs at the time when I was young just to be able to provide. And I just saw, like, that's what you have to do. You have to work. So I didn't know really anything else, I guess. It kind of got rubbed off on me. And my dad's not really, he's not entrepreneurial. He doesn't really believe. He doesn't really know what the fuck I'm even doing. He doesn't get it. What's this Instagram shit? <laughs> but um, I'm grateful for his work ethic because it rubbed off on me for what I'm doing. Uh, even though he doesn't, I don't think realizes it at times, but him and my grandfather for sure set the standard on you. If you want what you want, you're going to have to put in a lot of work for it. And you know, my daddy wasn't the happiest guy. He's still not the happiest guy, you know, works a union job, but he always told me you can have whatever you want. You just have to put in the work for it. And I just, that's all I knew. And I, and like I, said, I enjoyed it though. That was the thing like shoveling the snow. I never had snow days. Yeah, I used to yeah. love getting to make three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars cash as a kid. Like what? Yeah. Who the fuck <laughs> would go play in the snow? I'd like, go make $700. <laughs> Cash and I'm good for two, three months, you know. When you're young, it's a lot of money. Yeah, cash is king, money. as my dad always said. Oh. Yeah, cash is king for sure. Cash is king. Cash is king. Okay. So if someone was going to make a movie of the life of Tony Peck over the past year and they were gonna give it a title, what would the title of the movie be? Oof. I know. That's tough. Friend, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, That's it's already like one. you're ready to title for my last for my last year of living if they had, like followed us around. Yeah, if they made a yeah. documentary about your life or they she made likes a documentary. She likes to ask this series. question and it always stops Or if you were it. to write maybe an autobiography. I don't know. I mean, your adjectives for describing yourself, maybe that could be the title. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I don't know, maybe something with the... Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. Maybe something with the Godfather of Instagram or something. I don't know. I really don't know. It would be an interesting documentary. I'll tell you that though for the last year. That's okay. for sure. All right, maybe you guys very unique lifestyle in this uh, industry, so it's good. Okay. <laughs> Christy um, so what's your like last piece of advice you want everyone to go out with that you've either given or you've heard from someone that you've carried around with you I can give so many different pieces that can help people but I think one of the number one things people need to keep in mind and something that I don't think people realize early on enough and this would hurt them long term is that they think that they need the belief of others to achieve what they want Listen, at the end of the day it's your dream and if it's your dream, you don't need anyone else's belief in it for you to be able to achieve it. And I get it. A lot of people want their parents' support, their friends' support, their family's support. But if you don't have it, that doesn't mean that the dream's not there for you to go take. It's yours for the taking. And a lot of people, they don't realize it until sometimes they already achieved the dream. And then at that point, it's like, I don't really care if anyone supports me or not. Like, I already made it without the support. Who cares? But most people don't get to that point. And I think even from a young age, we're taught you know, like when you're really young, your parents would ask you, what do you want to be? And you can say the fucking present. They're like, oh, that's a great idea. But then you get a little bit older. They're like, what do you want to be? Like present. Like, eh, what about like a doctor? Like, oh, yeah. a doctor. You know, like more realistic goals as you get older. They're like, my fucking kid can't be more than a teacher. So I just want to set his expectation to be right. <laughs> people that love you, they don't know what they don't know. And it, it's not that people that don't know that, you know, that love you and they support you, they may not support you doing your own thing because they don't think it's safe. They think mm -hmm. it's, it's a risky move for you and they think you're going to get hurt in the long run. So of course they're not going to support your dream, but that should never bury anyone from starting or pursuing their dream. Because at the end of the day, if it's yours and you believe in it enough, that's all you need. You don't need anyone else's. And at the end of the day, if you believe in it enough, it will start to transpire on other one on others, how you believe in it enough, they're going to start believing in and supporting because they see it means so much to you long-term. Mm -hmm. So I, I think believing in your dream above anyone else's belief is the number one thing people got to keep with them day in and day out. I think that's great advice. Yeah. I saw you, I again. watched your, uh, you put a video up on Instagram. Like, I did. Yeah. About that. Yeah. About that. And I watched that. So I just think it's so important. I, I really have seen so many people lose out on their dream because they didn't have anyone else believe in them. But it's like, if you believed in yourself, you could, you could have went for it, you know? Yeah. I love it. I agree with it. 100%. Last um, bonus question. Since you're come from a long line of pizza eating, pizza making families. So describe yes. to me your, describe to me your ideal pizza. Are you going Neapolitan style pizza? Are you going Sicilian style pizza? Like what's your dream pizza? If you could only eat one kind of pizza for the rest of your life, 
Only while you're on Instagram, what do you eat? Life, that's rough. That's I know. Not even. I don't know. I, listen, I'm a big guy. I love Sicilians. They fill me up, but there's nothing better than a regular pie. You know, just plain pie. That, that's what I grew up making. You know, like so I'm used to regular plain pizza, not margarita, just like a regular pizza. That, that, thin crust? Are we going thin crust? Are we going a little burnt? What are we a little well done? What I like we- a little. I like a little well done. I like the crisp. I like, okay. I like a little. You know, when you bite it, a little crisp. We all need a little crisp in our life yeah, right now, fluffy, especially during fluffy. quarantine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been so much fun. I'm so excited that you came on. We can't wait to release this episode. So how can people follow you, find you, work with you, all the things? So you can find me on Instagram, Tony Peck, T-O-N-Y-P-E-C underscore. Um, and you can DM me from there. You can see everything else I got going on on Instagram. That'd be the best place to find me. You can find my website, stuff that we've done all from there. And listen, anyone that's listening, you guys got any questions about business, life, cigars italian stuff shoot me a dm i answer everyone sometimes it takes me a little time brianna you know but i do get around to every dm so feel free to shoot me a dm and we'll connect and if you need any pinky ring consulting um as well as track suits tony peck is your guy you heard it here first on the and all that bullshit podcast (laughs) there we go exactly well thanks for hanging with us yes thank you so much it was a pleasure I'm so excited to come meet you guys. Yeah, we're definitely going oh, to come to one hundo coming yeah. to this cigar lounge. Totally. So. Right yeah, up my alley. Get ready for some Jersey bitches. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a good time. It'll be good. Yes. Right. Well, thanks. It's fun talking to you. Yes. You too, ladies. And good we'll let you know when the episode releases and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yes, let me know. I'll post it up. Okay. All right, thanks. awesome. Thanks. Got Bye. It. See you Bye. Bye. Bye.